Wednesday, January 24th. Welcome back to the Damon Bruce Show. It's so good to have you here again. Like and subscribe, all that stuff certainly helps move the needle. And I thank you so much for being here. The closer we get, the bigger it feels, does it not? The closer we get, the bigger it feels. Here we go. It is arguably the greatest sports weekend there is. I mean, if football comes in in first, second, and third place, and let's face it, it really does. Championship Sunday is about as good as it gets, and we're getting closer and closer by the day here. I'm ready. I am absolutely ready, and I guess much more important than me being absolutely ready is the fact that the 49ers are ready. They're ready for this moment. They have to be. Look at all that they've been through. Look at all that they've accomplished. Look at all the suffering along the way, and there was some of it. And I hope that you like today's thumbnail. I was watching... Uh, Empire Strikes Back and Jedi because Jack loses a little interest in Empire as soon as the the Jedi training starts. As soon as they're off of Hoth, Jack wants to go see Jabba the Hutt. So I'm like, we got to change movies. So I got a lot of Star Wars in my mind, which led to today's thumbnail, which, and I also found that picture of Kyle Shanahan where he looks like he's ready to take a lightsaber and cut somebody's head off. And I thought, all right. You know, the Niners' Death Star is fully operational, and let's talk about it. But instead of talking it about at the, at the ground level, let's go even a step higher. Let's talk about the evolution of Jed York, shall we? I think it's a really interesting topic. Uh, this man has lived an entire owner's life cycle in less than a decade. Uh, Jed York, the Emperor, the Sith Lord in the background... You know, very, very early on, I think everybody was really, really excited about Jed York. They looked at him and he represented a different voice than his parents and his parents. And, and, and not one person have I ever met that said, yeah, I really liked, you know, Dr. and Denise DeBartolo York. Like, it, 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 nobody liked his parents When they assumed control in 1999, it felt like the party officially had come to an end. Replacing Eddie D was going to be tough for anybody. You'd think maybe a family member would be given a little bit more room to wiggle in. No. It went bad. It went bad quickly. And the parents assumed control in 1999. But Jed really has been in the driver's seat since 2008. Look, the Harbaugh era ended poorly, but let's not forget where that started. But we went through a few things before that started, right? I mean, you had some interesting decisions. This bright young owner gave Mike Singletary a job right in the locker room after a win, which, okay, you know, probably shouldn't have done that. Probably should have let the natural cycle of looking for coaches and being very, very particular about this choice instead of going with the gut going with the emotions, but let's not rewrite history. Mike Singletary's hiring at the time was popular, quickly revealed itself to be the wrong choice, and it became unpopular quickly. But in the moment that it happened, fans were excited about that. Uh, Then you, of course, you had the the Harbaugh era after the Singletary mistake. And the Harbaugh era 
ended with an ugly divorce, but for a minute there, I mean, that was Camelot. That was really, really good. That was exciting. That was great football. That was that was leaning in in a big-time way. Everybody, everybody was excited. And it's nice that they got to kiss Candlestick goodbye with a really good football team and a few really good seasons there at the end of Candlestick. Which, without a doubt, I'll admit it, made the romance of Candlestick even greater than it, it should have been. But all those good feelings and the ghosts and the echoes felt like they were waking up and everything was going well, and then they moved to Levi's Stadium. Now, I think you could actually go up to most season ticket holders at Levi's Stadium and say, would you rather pay, would you pay twice the price to go back to Candlestick? A lot of them, I think, would say yes. Some people do like the stadium. I am not one of them. All the reasons are very well documented, and this is a this is a good time. I'm not going over those again. I'm not. But after the Harbaugh divorce, which coincided with the opening of Levi's Stadium, then followed by the arrogance of the Tom Sula hire, and that was arrogant. That was, we built such a bully, anybody can now coach this team. Somebody that I got along with better daily would be a better choice than Jim Harbaugh, and Jim Tom Sula's that guy, and that was an arrogant decision. It was an arrogant hire, and Jim Tom Sula might have been qualified in some ways, but in his very first press conference, he proved that he was utterly disqualified in way too many other ways. Then there was the pivot to Chip Kelly, which in the moment was hard to defend. But, okay, that's got to be better than Jim Tom Sula. And then you realize that Jim Tom Sula is like twice the NFL coach that Chip Kelly was. And everything just spun down the Kaepernick. It's all, this isn't even about football anymore. Like, it just got so out of control and the team got bad and the team got worked. And while this was happening, you know, there were way too many podiums for Jed. There were way too many tweets for Jed. And then he hires Shanahan. And it all kind of goes away, including him. And this is the best decision that Jed York ever made. Getting off the stage. Getting off the stage. Look, Owners should follow three rules, the three B's of ownership. Be rich, be quiet, be winning. If you do all three, you're going to be loved. You're going to be beloved. You really are. People will love you if you're just quiet and rich and pay for things and make the right decisions and shut up. That's what we want out of our owners. I think more than anything else. And really, if you do all that, nothing can go wrong. Look at the success that this team has had under Kyle Shanahan. And look at how little, you know, bending at the middle, bowing, Jed has tried to do around any of it. I think Jed learned an awful lot of hard lessons, and he learned them the hard way. He went from popular to wildly unpopular to, let me just get out of the conversation. I shouldn't even be in the, do you like him, do you not like him? Like, the best version of Jed York is, well, I wasn't even thinking about Jed York. Any single interaction that I've ever had with Jed, I got to tell you, it's been a good one. I like Jed York. I bet you Jed York is about, he's more normal than most billionaires, okay? Like, uh, and and I know that that sounds like a, a sliding scale of a compliment, but he's more normal than most billionaires. There is an element of 
kind of a normal guy to Jed York. I've liked him in conversations that I've had with him. He's driven me nuts with some of his decisions at times. I know for a fact that he got very angry at me when Levi's Stadium opened and I was crapping all over it because Jed York used to follow me on Twitter and he, and he didn't. He unfollowed me because my criticisms were so spot on. And I also realized that they they have removed the word vegan all over that. The, the word vegan used to greet you when you eat vegan hot dogs. Vegan hot, dog, vegan hot dog stadium. And I know for a fact that Jed does not like turkey on the 50 stadium. And, and that was me. That was me. So. Again, I've, I've always liked Jed. I don't think he's really liked me at times. But that's a healthy relationship between someone who owns a team and someone who covers a team. You don't want to be best friends. You don't want to be worst of enemies. You want to have an honest back and forth and dialogue. And and I think we've always done that. I've bumped into Jed at several charity events throughout my years. And, and, and he's always been a good guy. And you can tell he's a good guy. Like, I, I, I bet you he's a good husband, good father. Like, Jed York has got some likable traits. The thing that he was worst at, though was the public persona that came with owning the team. So he just faded into the background. And it was a smart thing to do. And I'm not saying that him fading into the background correlates directly with the Niners' rise to success again. The biggest correlation there, the causation there, is the hiring of Kyle Shanahan. But that was Jed. That was Jed finally figuring out, no more half-step and no more half-measures. I'm going to wait for the guy that I want. I'm going to empower him and give him what he wants, and just trust the process. Trust that I have made the right hire, hire the right people around him, trust him to hire the right people. When you are in control, giving up control is a hard thing to do. It is. It is. And I think Jed ceding a little control was a hard thing for him to do. It was a tough choice to make. might have been easier by the blowback and how unpopular that he became, but he did. He did the right things. Since Shanahan has been this team's coach, Jed York, how can you complain? I don't, I don't even think you've heard of Jed York. Like, When's the last time you've heard from Jed York? When's the last time you've seen Jed York? When's the last time Jed York has come to find you to bother you? It hasn't happened, right? It hasn't. And I think you got to give him a little credit there. And I think we're talking about the maturation process of an owner or growing up or being exposed to an incredible amount of public criticism, feeling like, oh, shit, I don't want to go through that again, and then just starting to operate the right way. And I don't know if Jed York got specific advice from, from like, a, did he hire a PR firm? Did he get advice from other owners that he sought out? Did he, well, I, I don't know how Jed's metamorphosis happened to, you know, a guy who wanted to be standing in the middle of the third ring of the circus there to someone who's comfortable with the circus happening in the tent while he's not even in the tent. You know, Jed York is not asking for the close-up in between plays. And believe me, Jerry Jones does. Jerry Jones wants to make sure that he's going to get his requisite amount of close-ups at any point in time in an NFL game. Jed is not telling anyone, get the camera on me, make it about me. He's not. And I really think the next time that we hear from him will be, what, in a couple of weeks where maybe Roger Goodell hands him a Lombardi trophy if we're all lucky enough to have that happen. I've buried Jed York at times. I would like to exhume that body and tell you that 
we probably prematurely buried him. And if you just want to look at Jed York and what he's done through the prism of ownership, profitability, and business being done around the Niners, he is one of the best owners in all of football, and there's no doubt about that. The Niner brand is as robust a brand in sports in North America as you're going to find, and it's one of the very few North American sports brands that can honestly get into that global conversation. You know, the Tennessee Titans are not a global base. They're not a global brand. The 49ers very much are. Very much are a global brand. And I might not like Levi's Stadium, but you know what? The NFL sure does. And the bottom line of the San Francisco 49ers sure does as well. And if that stadium were as bad as I projected to be, they wouldn't be getting a second Super Bowl, which will they, they will have. So, you know, it clearly, I don't like it more than the NFL. And the NFL likes the place. A second Super Bowl being awarded is all the proof that the team needs that it made the right decision no matter what Damon Bruce thinks or no matter what some fans who don't like it still think. The 49ers are worth $6 billion in the latest Forbes valuation. Now, $6 billion is the concept. If the 49ers actually put a Century 21 sign for sale in front of Levi's Stadium, it's going for seven. It's going for eight. Might go for $10 billion if it actually hit the market. I mean it. I mean it. I used to, I used to think only the Dallas Cowboys would sell for that. The 49ers on the open market are worth more than the, what, they're valued at $6 billion right now? $6 billion? So six billion on paper, seven billion in reality, eight billion if there is a uh, if, if if there are two people bidding against each other. Like San Francisco real estate, it's going to go for over asking. Hmm. There's the sip of the day right there. So in 2019, the 49ers were worth three billion dollars. Now, to add $3 billion in terms of Forbes valuation just five years later, obviously that's just not Jed York's business acumen doing that. It's the new stadium's return. It's the new TV deal's return. But the amount of business that the 49ers do around their team is prolific. Every single... I mean, is there a doorknob not sponsored? Um, there is an official doctor, an official... The web service, an official provider, an official network server, an official everything for the 49ers. You don't get these things as fans, but as a member of the media, uh, I get emails about Niners business happening. And that, there's like three new emails in my box every single week about... The 49ers proudly announce a new partnership with Company X, Brand Y, Person Z. So they're doing a staggering amount of business around the staggering amount of business that is just the NFL lifts all tide, you know, all boats in its own harbor because the rising tide of football's importance never wanes. Like the 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 sea never resides. Reside res, reside re, recedes. The sea never recedes 
from just ultimate profitability for the NFL. It's just a money-making machine unto itself. It, it is maybe the only legitimate too-big-to-fail business in the United States. And when you look at it all, going back to Eddie D., who was like the patron saint of great owners, do you realize how much Eddie D. bought the Niners for? The team today that would in a bidding war, go for what? Eight, eight and a half billion dollars. Forbes says six. I say eight. Eddie D bought this team for $17 million. Now, I'm sure there was an awful lot of money at the time. That was back when $17 million was a whole bunch of money. But it, 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 that's amazing. $17 million when Eddie D bought the team. Now worth billions incalculable billions, basically, if this team really were to go to market. It's amazing. And I tell you, Jed's done a damn good job fading away. In a world where privacy is even harder to find than it was when Jed was stepping into the limelight, like, he's not on, is he, is he on Twitter anymore? Does he tweet? I don't know. Does he have an Instagram? I don't even know. I, you know, he is from generation young enough to still be wanting to get some, some fame and social media clout, but he's, he's, he's not seeking it. And that's good. And that's where I, I think the, the epicenter of the change in his public perception really begins. And, as always in football, winning is the ultimate deodorant. doesn't matter how bad anything smells. You win, and things are good. By the way, if the Niners win and beat the Lions loudly, how many points are they going to score? Well, I don't know, but if you were an Ike's Rewards member, you already got 24 rewards member points from last game because Ike's is giving out member rewards points for every single point the 49ers score in the postseason. So I'm not just telling you to go to Ike's and get a delicious sandwich. I'm telling you to sign up for the Ike's app. Go into your app store, type in Ike, download it, that's a great way to get delivery straight to your house, straight to your office, um, and you start earning your way towards free sandwiches. How are you going to argue with that? Sign up for the Ike's Rewards Point. Free member rewards points for every single point the 49ers score here in the postseason. Want to also tell you that if you got any jingle jangle to throw at a few gambling inclinations that you might have. Go to mybookie.ag and use promo code DAMON when you sign up. And I'll also tell you, if you got creaky knees, creaky shoulders, if you got an elbow, you got joints that doctors are telling you, you got to replace that with surgery, you go talk to my man, Dr. Paul Hughes, before you do that, orthopedicsurgeries.com to avoid an orthopedic surgery. If you're on the peninsula, his offices are in San Mateo, use code word HUNTER for 50% off a procedure that could have you avoiding very intrusive surgery with cellular replacement therapy. I got Kobe knees. I feel really good. If you, you should go get Kobe knees too if your knees are barking at you. So thanks so much to Dr. Paul who sponsors Post Game and Damon, and we will be post-gaming at the two-minute warning 
of the NFC Championship game this Sunday. I am ready, baby. And this is going to be going to be a hell of a game. I'll tell you, the more handicapping you do, if you don't want to be stressed out about 49ers-Lions, don't do any. Stop comparing the two teams because what you're going to find is an awful lot of similarity out there. The Lions are good, kids. The deeper you get into the numbers, you find things out like, hey, the Lions are really good. How good are they? Are they good for the Lions good or are they good good? They were good compared to the league this year, level good in a lot of categories. Now, the 49ers are a monster. The 49ers should beat the Lions. They should. 398 yards of offense a game in 2023 for the 49ers, with the eighth best defense in the NFL just in terms of yards per game. They're 28.9 points per game, third most in football. They were the third best in preventing their opponent from scoring, only 17.5 points per game scored against the 49ers all year. That's the third best in the NFL. Kyle Shanahan has a plan. It works more often than it doesn't. He's got a roster full of weapons. We don't need to name them all right now, but we know that when Christian McCaffrey, Debo, Ayuk, George Kittle are out there playing with violence, they are a really good team defensive line. I want to see a level of violence appear amongst that group that we haven't seen in the last couple of weeks. And if that happens, things should be good. But I'll tell you, when it comes to scoring an awful lot of points, the Lions do that too. Lions are fifth most in football in points per game in 2023 at 27.1. Third best in yards per game. They're the second stingiest against the run. The Lions, when it comes to allowing points, though, because their secondary is beatable, they allow more points per game than the Niners do. 23.2 points per game puts them in the bottom third of the league, but they've got a good defense. That's a good football team over there. And you want to win a bar bet? You want to you want to you want to win a bar bet? Here's a bar bet for you to win on Friday or Saturday night when you're out at the bar. Put up your your $10 against their ten, a drink, you know, a cocktail. Here's a good bar bet. Who was second in the NFL in passing yards this year? Who was second in the NFL in passing yards this year? Now, you probably say, well, I thought Tua was first. Did he slip to second? No, it's not Tua. You know, I know that Patrick Mahomes didn't have quite the year and the wide receiver help that he normally has, so that can't be it. So it's not Mahomes. It maybe is it Josh Allen, or maybe it's you know a guy who's in a situation where the results really weren't there in terms of wins and losses. Is it Justin Herbert? Is it who is the second most prolific passer in the end? It's Jared Goff. Jared Goff. How many people would tell you Jared Goff? It's Jared Goff. By the way, Purdy was fifth in the NFL in passing. So this should be a hell of a game. Hell of a game. And because it's going to be a hell of a game, uh, we are going to be focusing on the game. Not anything that happens uh, afterwards until the season is over. I don't want to talk about any off-season moves yet. Like I had people asking me, do you think the right tackle is going to be a priority in the off-season? We'll talk about that in the off-season. But let me give you this. All right, let me give you this one right here. 
uh, the compensatory picks are in. The 49ers are beyond the whole Trey Lance trade now, so they got their first, second round. They got a full complement of draft picks coming up in this draft class. The Niners got a first rounder, a second rounder, a third rounder, another third rounder now because of a compensatory pick. They got a fourth rounder and another fourth rounder. They've got a fifth rounder that's a compensatory pick. They've got two sixth rounders, a seventh rounder. David Bonilla of the 49ers Web Zone says that the 49ers are expected to receive a third-round selection for the departure of Jimmy Garoppolo, a fifth-round pick for Samson Ebukam going, and a sixth-round pick for Jimmy Ward and linebacker Aziz Al-Shair. So they are getting back a few picks here, which is going to be important in this upcoming draft. This team's getting expensive, after all. So there we go. So we're going to run a little experiment right here. Guess what I have to do? I have to take a leak. I've been told, Damon, if you got to take a leak, don't cut the show short. Just go take a leak. We're going to handle it in the chat, and then we'll be back. So let's find that out. I have to run to the bathroom. I have to take a leak. I will return and do this show post-leak. Don't go anywhere. Pretend, entertain yourselves. Chat, take it away. How we doing? This is incredible, by the way. I think there are more people watching now than there were before I went to go take my leak, which means my pee break might have been the single most popular moment in the show's history. <laughs> Wasn't there a Super Bowl where they ran like, let's just run a black screen for 60 seconds to see what, what, what happens, and it was like one of the highest rated 60 seconds in television history? Here we go. Oh, now we're, 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 we're looking for pisses of the day. There we go. By the way, uh, 1127 to 1129, I got that done in two minutes. Again, I had to run upstairs. So that's, that's, why, that, that's, that's why it was a two-minute leaker. <laughs> Thank you very much for holding it down. You guys are awesome. Let's see where we are in this chat right now. First of all, it is Wednesday, which means it's, it's hump day, which to Plucers means it's humo day. Gotta love Stacey Leo. We are family. Me. We are family. I got all my plucers with me. There you go. There you go. What are we, Pointer Sisters over here? I love it. Dale. Effing still to this day can't stand York. Again, I, I, I think we got to drop that, right? I think he's done a pretty decent job. Michelle Haberman saying Kyle this week says he's got his knee pads on, so there'll be no biting at the kneecaps. Ha, ah, there you go. I like that. I, I believe that is officially maximum, maximum football, right? <laughs> um, Old Dirty Hungus says, you know, I get the Jed hate in the Harbaugh era, but the dude learned his lesson. He stepped back and just wants a ring like all of us. He's gained my respect. Then you have Haircut Davis. Well, look, we're no reasons to take shot and mark. But, yeah, I mean, I'm totally on board with everything you're putting down there, man. I'm totally on board with everything you're putting down. Again, it was bad, and when things get better, I think you need to acknowledge that. You just can't keep it on perma. Don't like him. Don't tell that to Dale, though, who says his smug face just pisses me off. Eventually, I'll get over it when we have another championship. I guess that's fair. POD. Piss of the day. <laughs> it's not very it's not very dignified, but it's us. 
Mike Rotunda saying, Indiana? Yeah, there's a lot of Indiana over here. There's a lot of Indiana in this boy. That's where I went to college, Mike. Catch up. Smiley Dan is saying, is that our first official Plus leak? <laughs> it is. It, it is. It is. Efren says, wash your hands. You know, I can tell you right now, my dick is immaculate. That's, that's, I, it, so by the way, so I, you know, when you have two young boys, when they're in the bath, we throw the boys in the bath together. It's great. They have a great time. They play the bubbles. We've got a whole bunch of stuff for them. But then we got to talk about the business of the bath. The bath isn't just a play date. There's some business that needs to be done in the bath. And anyone, any dads and moms out there who got boys, you know this, we have a, uh, we talk about who's got the cleanest penis. It's time to clean the pe- clean the peen, boys. Cleanest penis. Going to want to wash it all off. It's uh, there. You go. So historically, Bruce's have always had clean peens. I'm, I'm sure. I'm, I'm very proud to share that with you. See, these are the things that we didn't talk about on 95.7 The Game, did we? Who's got the cleanest penis? <laughs> My boy, the Bruce boys do, and Bruce boys. A lot of, hey, go ahead. Don't forget to wash your hands. Don't forget to wash your hands. I appreciate it. It's the chair hour. How'd the chair do? How'd the chair do? Let's see. Let's see. Excuse me. How, how, did, how did your debut go? Here, wait. Let me actually turn the mic on. Hey, how did, your, how did your debut go? Nice job there. Were you expecting to come into the game so early? Interesting. Um, when did you start preparing for today's show? It's a, it's a good interview. It's an exclusive interview, right? I should, I should tout that as my exclusive interview today. Dale says, D-line, baby. D-line better show up in this game. Yeah, it absolutely better show up in this game. This is so much better than filler music on those YouTube or Bay Area sports thing. Yeah, when they go to commercial and you got to get that bullshit music, there you go. Isn't the seat better? Isn't just the seat better? What is this? Damon sits while peeing? No, no, no. I'm, I'm, no. You know, every now and then I do at, at night. At night, I will have a seat to take a leak in the middle of the night because I don't want to turn the lights on. To, to bother me and I don't, you know, I, I got a wife. I, you know, you don't, you, you don't want to feel like we've already shared too much questions about why don't you just have a bottle or like a bucket underneath you? Again, we're not animals, right? East Bay Ricardo, the chair spitting facts right now. That, that, that chair was unbelievable. What an interview. I'm glad we were able to get an exclusive there. Is Damon a hand-on-the-wall lean guy? Only in my finest of hours, Smiley Dan. I guess Kim joined us late. Did somebody go potty? That's exactly what happened. It's exactly what happened. You're monitoring the stream now? It was a weak stream? Racehorse. Come on, man. Racehorse. We're having fun. <laughs> thank you, Red Jet. Again, thank you, members. 
When I'm not here, all members of the initiated are in charge. I'm not going to tell you who is the most in charge of all the members of the initiated. You're all collectively in charge. Again, this was amazing. <laughs> maybe I maybe I got to time my bathroom breaks for the show more often. I didn't think it would be it would go over that well. Tinkle Fairy strikes again with Damon's baby bladder. Uh, you know, normally, normally I do a good job holding it all in. Again, today is like we've done well over 200 live shows together here now and, and first pee break and 200 shows. I'll tell you what was what the problem was is I got up a little early this morning, drank a big glass of orange juice, first thing out of bed this morning. I, I over-liquefied. That's what happened. I over-liquefied. All right, a couple of things that I also wanted to get to today. Well, really, just, just two other things. So you know who usually doesn't get fired? Coaches that have their team winning and in second place. But that's what happened in Milwaukee. Adrian Griffin got fired, and right now the Bucks would be the two seed. And this happened in his very first season on the job. And... Apparently, the Milwaukee Bucks brought in Doc Rivers to like consult because their defense had been slipping. And so they're like, Doc, what can we maybe do to improve this team? And did Doc Rivers snake this job and say, well, fire that guy and hire me? This is weird, right? Despite having the second best record in the Eastern Conference, the Bucks fired Griffin just 43 games into his head coaching career. That is a dick move. Like your first head coaching shot ends like that that stinks now according to you know Woj the Bucks believe that Rivers history of coaching star tandems makes him uniquely suited to maximize Giannis and Dame Lillard together but man that is just that's brutal right that is brutal that is absolutely brutal so the Milwaukee Bucks who used to with Giannis and the fact that they, you know, weren't some big market team that got big market nasty or just, I mean, like to me, the Milwaukee Bucks went from, I think I'm rooting for you to, I think I'm now rooting against you. It really, that's, it's just, what a dick move. Unless there's something that we're about to find out that Adrian Griffin also did. Oh, that's a dick move. And that's the only NBA I got for you before we slip into Club Plus, other than the fact that the Warriors are going to be back on the court tonight for the first time since a death in the family. And you know what? I, I, I'm going to be rooting for the Warriors tonight. Hopefully they can find a win. Hopefully they can start feeling a little bit more like themselves. And maybe this is a rally point. Maybe this is a turn it around moment in the year. I don't know if that's even available. I'd like to just see them beat the Atlanta Hawks tonight. That, that, that There's a group of guys who deserves to feel good for a minute after a week of just being incredibly sad and having gone through something that is incredibly life-changing. It's one thing had they found out Hey, a coach got sick and passed away. It's another thing to be in the room when it happens. Again, if you haven't read the Marcus Thompson piece on how it all went down uh, in The Athletic, you should. And if 
you know, you can't extend a little sympathy for this team and what they're going through. You're just dead inside. Um, so hopefully they get they get into the win column. Hopefully they feel good. Final thought before we get into Club Plus today. I got to go to the bathroom again. No, I'm just kidding. Um, finally, to America's least important major sport, not named hockey, which means it's time for baseball news. First of all, Reese Hoskins not going to be a San Francisco Giant. Nope, not signing him either. Would you know? Well, what would he have done? He probably would have been the best hitter in the lineup. Is that's that's what he might have done? But he's going to Milwaukee, I believe. And we got the Hall of Fame vote. Three Hall of Famers: Joe Mauer, Todd Helton, and Adrian Beltre, elected by the Baseball Writers Association of America. Um, Beltre who got 95% of the vote on on 385 writers who cast ballots. Um, that is, uh, of course, Adrian Beltre was going to be a Hall of Famer. That was, that was an easy choice. And Todd Helton, in his sixth go-around on the ballot, got in. Again, you know, our, Todd Helton, a Hall of Famer, sure. I don't have a problem with it. I really don't. Um, I, I'm, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. And Joe Maurer eventually being a Hall of Famer because really, you know, he's he's more qualified for the Hall of Very Good than he was for the Hall of Fame. But there are very few catchers in the Hall of Fame. I like a guy who never went about bettering his situation and played with one club. He was a career twin. That, to me, edges him closer to Cooperstown. And I think there's a day where Joe Maurer should have gotten in. First ballot Hall of Fame Joe Maurer. Get the fuck out of here. First ballot Hall of Famer Joe Maurer. First ballot Hall of Famer. Which is reserved for the best of the best of the best of the best of the greatest of the greatest of the greats. First Bauer Hall of Famer Joe Maurer. Are you, get the fuck out of here. What are we talking about? First ballot Hall of Famer Joe Maurer. In what universe? In what universe is Joe Bauer is Joe Mauer a, a, a first ballot Hall of Famer? I think. Come on, his numbers for a catcher are good. They're really good. Career three hundred hitter, but he's got very little power throughout his fifteen years. I mean, come on, first ballot Hall of Famer Joe Mauer. What's your favorite Joe Mauer memory? I'll wait. Would you ever buy a ticket? Did you ever say, kids, get in the car. We're going to go see Joe Mauer. No one. They didn't even do that in Minnesota. Joe Mauer, first ballot Hall of Famer. Joe Mauer, first ballot Hall of Famer. Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, not in. I, I mean, again, I, I can't help you from yourself, Baseball Hall of Fame. Like, I, I can't help you. If you, you want to go ahead and lose all credibility, continue the path you're on. Good God. Joe Maurer, first ballot Hall of Famer. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> that pissed me off. I, I, eventually. Like, Joe Maurer should have been the guy who, yeah, you know, he was a career twin. Everybody likes him. Nobody's got a problem with Joe Maurer. So on the last, you know, on the on the last 
chance for him to get in will let him in or later on down the line, maybe he gets in because it wasn't a very good class that year. So, you know, stick Joe in there. Okay. First ballot hall of famer, Joe Maurer. You know what ever, you know what was never said about Joe Maurer once in his career? That guy's going to be a first ballot hall of famer. Not once, not once. First ballot hall of famer, Joe Maurer. I get out of here. I'm sorry. What I just said about Joe Maurer is literally the most exciting moment of Joe Maurer's career. So you're welcome, Joe. It's crazy. By the way, to prove to you that baseball just doesn't matter like it used to, more people watched Chiefs and Bills on Sunday than all five of the 2023 World Series games put together. Chiefs, Bills... 50 million average viewers. World Series, all five games combined, 45 million. Wow. Can we all agree here that the chair was the real MVP? Thank you, Red Jet. I'm glad it was. How am I supposed to edit around this, right? How am I supposed to put this out in the podcast? Do I leave the gap in audio to demonstrate how long that P took me? I don't know. I have to figure it all out when it's said and done. I think I'll probably edit it out. But since there is so much pee talk throughout the show and the interview with the chair, it needs to be understood that we were through the looking glass together today. We did something on the air today that I've never done ever in my life. Leave a show on the air to take a leak. There used to be commercial breaks for such a thing. I need to get like a we'll be right back sign or something like that. Either way, thank you for being back here on this Wednesday afternoon, Humo Day to all you Plusers. Thank you so much for listening to the pod, and I will let you know that sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, he's gone.